Welcome to the Prosperity Pathways podcast. My name is Erica Starshell, and I'm here with Chef Anthony Thomas. Welcome. Yes. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, and I appreciate your time. Absolutely. So we're going to start off our interview today with our first question, which is what inspires you to embark on a culinary career in the culturally rich, culturally rich mm-hmm. D.C. environment? I was born and raised here. I was born in Greater Southeast Hospital. Mm-hmm. over there in Southeast D.C., mm-hmm. raised in Mount Rain, right up the street. And just embracing the culture here, the go-go music, the mumbo sauce, the rich food that we have here. I just embrace it as I grew up and I enjoy every bit of the D.C. culture and just seeing how it's thrived over the years and I try to leave my mark. So in overcoming your 2004 health challenge, how did that shape your cooking philosophy and your approach on wellness? So October 5th, 2006, mm-hmm. I was rushed to the hospital, PG hospital, because mm-hmm. I had a seizure. Yeah. So this was a random seizure, never had a seizure prior, but it was triggered by a poor diet. I was eating a lot of sodium dishes. Let's just say college kids, how college kids are, just eating Taco Bell, well, eating a lot of fast food. So it triggered, I went to the hospital, they didn't know what was wrong with me. They took me over to GW hospital. Mm-hmm. And GW said, you have an ulterior venous malformation. And it sounds very complex, but basically <laughs> blood doesn't flow through your brain properly, causing migraines, headaches, and seizures. I would always have migraines growing up. Either way, they corrected it. They, I had overhead brain surgery. Once they corrected it, I never had another migraine ever again. Okay. And I believe that that's what inspired my culinary journey, because after that, I became a full vegan, mm-hmm. cooking dishes from scratch that were plant-based. Mm-hmm. Protein came from all sorts of beans, lentils. Quinoa is a good one. Quinoa is excellent. Yeah. I think it's underrated too. I don't it think really people, are, people don't really pay much attention. And it's low carb. So yeah. that's how I dove into it. Yeah. I did a plant-based journey for a while mm-hmm. and I've gotten back into chicken and fish here and there. Yeah, but yeah. for the most part, I still eat mostly fruits mm-hmm. and little vegetables Yeah, because I have done a lot of research on nutrition Mm -hmm. and because I did I went to culinary school too but and so when I graduated I was like oh wait I want to be a nutritionist I didn't do that but I still did a lot of research and Mm -hmm. my grandfather had Alzheimer's and a lot Uh, of research I did on that actually traces it back to poor diet yeah 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 is bacterias and stuff that'll Mm -hmm. grow within your intestines that affects Mm -hmm. your brain and causes dementia Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. all of that stuff yeah and they're starting to realize it's not necessarily genetic. <laughs> they thought it was genetic because it happened generation after generation. But mm-hmm. the same thing that's also happening generation after generation is poor diet. Yeah, 100%. Because it gets handed down. So yeah. That's definitely what I'm reaching for with my children. Yeah. And I'm sure you are too. 100%. Teach them to eat better. You can mm-hmm. have what you want here and there, but mm-hmm. don't dive in. Yeah, everything in moderation though. Yeah. The only thing that's not in moderation is water. Yeah. I will drink. Me personally, I could probably drink about six of these a day. <laughs> and if I can go through, I go through phases where if I don't get an ample amount of water in an hour span, mm-hmm. I become dehydrated. So when people say that they don't drink water, I'm like, I don't understand how you do it. Yeah. And I think that's <laughs> from that plant-based journey because I can literally mm-hmm. tell too, if I don't drink water for like an hour, I'm super thirsty, yeah. <laughs> like desert thirsty. Yeah. Like, I think I, I, I need some water. Mm-hmm. 
that's also why I made sure I kept some water for us because while we're talking, that happens too because yeah. I'm in sales otherwise as well. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of talking. I was yeah. talking to people one time. I could tell I was out of water because I started choking <laughs> on my own words. I'm it's like, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me go get some water. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> yes. All fall and winter, I keep a big half gallon in my car and I probably finish that about four or five days. Yeah. And that's just my car ride. Exactly. Water. That you know? stays in the And in it stays car. like this nice temperature, not too cold, not too warm, just just right. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. room temperature water because yeah. you can drink more water that way. 100%. When it's ice cold, you start getting a brain freeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Halfway through it. So our next topic is going to be your catering company. Mm-hmm. Launching your catering company Holy, I'm having a terrible morning. <laughs> you need Excuse some water. Me. I need some more water. Hold on. <laughs> mm. Okay. So, launching your catering company was mm-hmm. a bold step. Yeah. What were the major challenges and rewards to your encounter? So, I started in 2008. Mm-hmm. 2009. And I was fairly young. I was like 22. And during that period of time, I didn't really necessarily know how to price things out. Mm-hmm. which I have down to a science now. Like I teach the young chefs under me how to price things out. But mm-hmm. back then people would have these events and the only thing I wanted them to pay me back with was feedback. Mm-hmm. I felt like that feedback would help sharpen me up. So I would contribute to the dish. I'm, like, I'm not going to do your whole event, you know, salad start appetizer main course. Let me just contribute a dish to your event, your function, mm-hmm. your baby shower. And just let me know what y'all think. Good way to start, though, because yeah. then you can share that feedback yeah. as you grow. 100%. It helped me to realize, okay, balance. Okay, too much dill. Okay, not enough seasoning. Not enough uh, sea salt. Uh, too much crab. You know, whatever it was um, during that period of time. And, you know, just cooking. I mean, like, literally, I probably ate out once a month. <laughs> like, during that period of time. Even now, it's probably, like, once a month. Yeah. I don't even eat any fast food, really. If I'm going to stop and I want to grab something, if I stop and I want to get something like while I'm on the road, it's not the corner store fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. It's probably 7-Eleven to grab some trail mix or, yeah. you know, some something really quick, some sunflower seeds. Yeah, yeah see, peanuts, almonds, like- those uh, salt and vinegar peanuts. Oh, my goodness. Those <laughs> are some of my favorites. Like, um, I used to do the spicy ones, but they're too salty. It's yeah, too much, too much sodium. sodium. Yeah. yeah, way too much. But, yeah, I started the uh, catering business. And that's how I started, by getting feedback from people on certain dishes, which I feel like helped project me to a different level. And some of the hardships are, of course, dealing with our own people and people having these expectations that they should get something for nothing. Always. Just because they, uh, uh, brother, yeah, Mm -hmm. like, where's my discount? Even working in retail, Mm -hmm. they'll come in, oh, I know such and such, which is the owner's name, they'll say his name. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I know such and such. Where is he? He's not here. Even when he's there, he tells us when people ask for him, Yeah. you can call him. Yeah. If you have his number, then you're close enough that he'll answer. If you don't have his number, then no, you're then not you about to get a discount or something mm-hmm. free because that's the only reason you're looking for him. Yep. <laughs> and we don't do that to anyone else but our own people. Exactly. It's, it's a devaluing me- mechanism that people will try to utilize. Another thing is people, let's say they pay for my services. Mm-hmm. Then after they pay for the services, they'll ask questions like, well, does this, does this come with that? Mm-hmm. Does this come with that? And I'm like, well, you didn't ask that prior to. Exactly. Basically, a in a nutshell, wanting something for nothing. Mm-hmm. So 
let's say you pay in the contract says it's for food, full cleanup, staff, and this and that. If they'll come back. So does that come with plates? Hey, does that come with dessert? Hey, does that come with uh, drinks? And it's like, well, no. those things can be taken care of, but why not either ask how much to add on the drinks? Mm-hmm. How much to add on extra staff? How much to add on dessert? Mm-hmm. Like, we always want to ask for something. And then another thing is being at a disadvantage. As a black business, you're already at a disadvantage. You're already at, you're graded at 80%. You're not, you can only get to 100 if you go over and beyond. Exactly. Something people are willing to pay extra yeah. for somewhere else. They wouldn't yeah. pay us extra for 100%. They expect it to be included. 100%. And that's with almost everything, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're already at a disadvantage because mm-hmm. another problem, and this is a hardship, I really technically don't deal with it now, but I know what it felt like to go through it, is the expectation that something is not done properly so they expect they think okay let me say somebody said this needs to be set up like this this needs to be set up like this Mm -hmm. if they come in they'll be see that's why i don't deal with black business because i told him to have it like this and like this but he had it like this and like this yes you know it's always looking for an issue so Mm -hmm. the only way you can win with your own people, mm-hmm. most times, is if you gave them this, you gave them this, you also gave them this, <laughs> and you gave them this, and you even threw in this, because, yes. and then sometimes, you and you'll still be at 90 to 100. Mm-hmm. Like, we never can just give our own people, uh, I don't know. A level playing field. <laughs> we're we're never, it's never level. Only, that's the only I could put into that, because mm-hmm. a lot of times, Somebody will go through something at a black-owned business mm-hmm. and do all this, this, and, and I've seen this in person. I've been mm-hmm. with people who've done this, that they'll go to a black-owned business, they'll experience something and mm-hmm. just go off the wall. Meanwhile, yep. i just seen you at Starbucks not care mm-hmm. that the same thing happened. Talk to like, me. Yep. come on now, be serious. Yep. There should be a margin of error for everyone because we're all human. Hmm. No, no, I'll go online and I'm going to tell you about my experience at X, Y, and Z's soul food restaurant, at X, Y, and Z's uh, nail salon, nail tech, mm-hmm. hair salon, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you're African-American, we find it easier as an African-American to go online, to bash, to basically try to put this individual out of business or to try to smear their name. Mm-hmm. But you have a bad experience at that high-end designer store, at that high-end mall, and you won't say anything. Mm-hmm. You'll just be upset with the cashier. Or it has you, to be extremely the worst bad one. for you to even say anything. The worst part <laughs> is true. you're here to sometimes prove a point. So you'll spend more money with the company or business or realtor that mm-hmm. just shamed you and was, you know, you had a whole radical and all that stuff, oh, and, and you're rewarding them. Yep. They made you feel like you didn't have the money to spend with them. So you proved to them by spending more money with them. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you'll come to somebody like me or like you and ask for a discount. Can I get it? Yes. Can I get a discount? Yep. I had, I had experience a couple weeks ago and I make these reenactment videos of mm-hmm. customers. <laughs> where, I've seen one of them before. Today. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> I had a woman actually say, and I, and I made it like it was a guy in the video, but it was a woman yeah. who wouldn't, didn't want to pay for my services mm-hmm. when I gave her the price because it said, this is the price plus Maryland state taxes. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand how she wrote me and said, oh, that's a great price, but I don't want to pay the Maryland state taxes. 
You gotta pay taxes everywhere you go. And I'm thinking to myself, well, once I put it into the system, it's gonna auto populate. Mm -hmm. If it's 2810, it's gonna come out to 2958. Mm -hmm. You don't wanna pay the extra money that the system already generates in taxes. So when I go to pay my taxes in January, I'm supposed to cover you. You? No. And then try to shame me and say, this is bad business practice. I would never let 2810 walk out the door. Well, guess what? I think your 2810 is not good here. Yeah. Because you sound like a nuisance. You sound like a problem. You sound like once yeah. you give me the 2810, now I'm binded into death row records. Yeah, like you may much. be a problem. Yeah. So it may not even be worth your 2810. Yeah. I'm actually willing to. Here you go. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. You did, you did me a solid. 100%. Period. Not 100%. all money is good money. And I think there was one, well, I know there was one customer I referred to you that was kind of difficult as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the, the same thing, like, what? Well, why is this and this? And, well, hold up. You're not even answering the questions I need to give you an accurate estimate. Yeah. You're already calling me all fraud and all kinds of things. Like, mm -hmm. you can go on about your business, ma'am. But thank you. But I, I, even still to this day, I still get shamed. And I tell my young guys, if I still get it, you're going to get it. So you just got to have tough skin. Mm -hmm. Like, I could tell someone in Accolade, maybe like, I have nine books on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And people will literally, my people, mm -hmm. will look at me and be like, Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's, it's almost like it's minuscule. You know, another thing that I get. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you have a restaurant? And I'm thinking to myself, Do well, I have to have a restaurant? I'm like, how like about this? <laughs> How about I have a lot of people, friends who own restaurants mm -hmm. and you may think, oh, he has the brick and mortar, mm -hmm. but it's sometimes not all that is cracked up to be. It's it a really beautiful isn't. thing, but it's a lot of problems that come into it. Mm -hmm. I work four to five hours when I go pull up to someone's house, someone's venue, do their event and I can go home. Yes. You start that restaurant, that restaurant is open from 11 to 11 at night. Mm -hmm. That's 12 hours that it's open. You gotta pay people. You gotta hire. And prior to, they still have to be open. Uniforms, Prep. equipment, lights, yeah, rent. I mean, it's so many different things that yeah. that come into it. Then you gotta worry about people whether they're stealing when you're not there. You gotta set up cameras. You got insurance policies. So many things, and you know, maybe one day, yeah, it, it it'll happen. But you know, it's not the end all be all, and that's probably one of the biggest things that I think people. Don't understand. They really just don't, man. Like yeah. they think that that's really it. Like the upper echelon. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, and then especially in this day and age, you don't need a brick and mortar. There's people no. who started their brick and mortar off of doing Grubhub and DoorDash and Uber. Yeah. They mm -hmm. did not have a brick and mortar first. They cooking out of their kitchen. They were ghost kitchening, renting out somebody yeah. else's kitchen at mm -hmm. nighttime, and just mm -hmm. making it happen. Yeah. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast is mm -hmm. to let people know, like, there are alternatives. You don't yeah. just in, it's not just think one I'm way to have a storefront. They'd be like, do you have a food truck? Like, at one point, it was like, do you have a food truck? Yeah. And I'm thinking myself, least. I personally, <laughs> like, I'm, there's nothing against food trucks. But yeah. I personally, like, I don't like to work in small spaces like that. Yes. I've worked in one before. There's a lot of politics with where you can park, where you can pull up to. So that's what kind of deterred me away from getting all your vendor licenses, making mm -hmm. sure that everything's showing up. And then mm -hmm. like, it's harder to maintain a moving kitchen mm -hmm. than it is the brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. And then with, like you said, catering is like the easiest thing ever. You don't have to worry mm -hmm. about maintaining the equipment because it's somebody else's. Yep. <laughs> you have mm -hmm. all of the utensils you need because you carry those around mm -hmm. with you. Yep. 
And then other than that, everything is kosher. To me, <laughs> it's more about being a solid individual when it comes to Kate. Like, I feel yes. like Chef Anthony Thomas puts the personal in personal chef. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a personality, <laughs> being a personal chef is almost like it's useless. Yeah. Because you're going into people's homes, you're going to people's venues, you actually are interacting with people. So I, I, I tell my people, my staff, you walk in, smile, hey, how you doing? You know, so that people feel warm. That's why we love the, your favorite fast food restaurant. Not because the food is so amazing, mm -hmm. but because the customer service. Yes. So when I'm walking in, well-groomed, big smile, clean attire, that'll get you, that'll get you way over the hill. Then mm -hmm. other things, you know, then on top of it, your presentation of the food look good. Mm -hmm. It's well-garnished. It smells great. You're using high-quality meats and proteins and organic veggies. Those things go even further. Yeah. Um, that's definitely why even in culinary school, they tell you quality, not just yes. quality of your food, not just yep. quality of your place, but quality of you. Mm -hmm. Like be an actual genuine person, mm -hmm. your customer service should be as tip top as you can make yep. it be. Yep. As well as your presentation of yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But some of the good things, though, I don't want to talk about just the bad. Yeah. Some of the good things are being able to meet a vast amount of people. So like last week, I had an event for... Was that last week? What's today? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, the 19th. 19th. So mm -hmm. Friday, I did an event for 200. The Friday before that, an event for 300. You know, and throughout the week, you know, doing events 50, 60, it's a numbers game. Mm -hmm. And the more people I meet, the more people I can potentially cook for. Mm -hmm. So if I've been doing this for 16 years, you cooking 50 people this day, 60, 70, 100, two. Uh, and then you know it's just the numbers and then people telling other people like your reach is is unlimited so you know you say oh it's a word of mouth thing like at some point there's you the word of mouth kind of exhausts itself because if you're constantly giving great quality food great quality service your name is just going to ring bells so whenever somebody yep. thinks of a chef or someone to cater x y and z mm -hmm. you're the name that pops up exactly and then on top of it giving out great content online and mm -hmm. you know showing people, you know, just that little bit of you, you know, you, your wife, you, your husband, you, you and your kids, you and, you know, whoever. Yeah. And draw people to you, you. They will buy from you. hundred percent. Yeah. And that's actually how we met at one event mm -hmm. that you were catering for. And I was making a yeah. balloon arch for it. Yep. So, yep. 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 <laughs> yep. Meet great people. Mm -hmm. All right. So our next topic is about your nine books. Mm -hmm. including children-focused ones. Yep. What drives your passion for writing and what impact do you hope to have? Yep. So growing up, I wasn't really the biggest reader. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, one type of book I will always read is recipe books. So I'm sitting there and I'm reading it. I come across a word I may not know. Mirepoix. What is Mirepoix? Google. Oh, <laughs> onion. okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. stuff like that. So building my vocabulary. And the very first book came about kind of weird. So I would keep a notepad full of recipes. Mm -hmm. People would write me when, when I first got on Instagram. People were like, hey, drop the recipe, drop the recipe. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, being a nice guy, I'm like, this is going to help me expand, which I wouldn't even do it now. But yeah, so I'm biting up, like, typing up recipes. One cup of this, one cup of this. I looked up one day and I had like 30 recipes in my archives. And I'm like, hold on. Let me figure out how to do this on my own. So Google, how to self-publish, boom. Mm -hmm. Amazon. Found okay. out how to do it. Book cover, front cover, table contents, put it all together. And first book's on there, promote it. I'm like, I can do this. 
let me find another resource. Okay. People keep asking me, how do you meal prep? Da, da, da. So I'm going to people's houses showing them how to meal prep. Let me make a book how to meal prep. Mm -hmm. Go to the grocery store, make a checklist. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Even gave them a meal plan in the back of that book. So I got a self-help book on how to meal prep. Yeah, um, then you got children's books, you know, because once I had a child, I'm like, okay, so I'm making her butternut squash. Okay, I'm making her. Oh, God. On. Let me show other parents who may not know what to make. Mm -hmm. And you're just continuing to add to the collection. Yeah, because I've, I've had a lot of family that they don't have a variety of food that they eat mm -hmm. because they don't even know how to mm -hmm. cook it, how it's eaten. They mm -hmm. just see people with it. They've mm -hmm. never really had dishes on a regular basis mm -hmm. with it. So how often do you cook? I cook at home at least like two or three times a week mm -hmm. because it usually lasts me two or three days when I yeah, cook. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so you you eating in five to six days a week. Mm -hmm. And eating out maybe once. Yeah. That's that's really that's Unless a good, somebody else buys the food. <laughs> that's, that's that's a good ratio though. Yeah. 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 Because like I said, I am mostly plant based. So when I wake up in the morning for one, I don't eat breakfast. Mm -hmm. I've made that as part of my routine. Your body's not warmed up enough to be 100%. even wanna process anything. Yep. So I usually eat around eleven. Mm -hmm. And after that I'm working. I eat like two meals a day. That's it. Mm -hmm. I might have a snack. Cause it might be apple, oranges, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm good at doing that. Plus yeah. I drink plenty of water. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize when sometimes when you feel hungry, you're actually thirsty. Yeah. And so that's what happens when they're overeating. And I would keep trying to coach my stepmother on doing that because she does that a lot. Yeah. I don't see her drink enough water, but she's always munching on something. Yeah. It's because you're thirsty. Yep. <laughs> it's because you're yeah. thirsty and dehydrated. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> but I'm going to get them on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. Definitely. And I'm starting my own book, too. I'm going to do a mm. children's series after that because I do have awesome. a 13-year-old son. But I'll talk more about mm. my book when I get further along in it. Yeah, no, but, it is, but if you need help self-publishing, I got you. Yes, thank mm -hmm. you. It's a narrative about a young lady in an urban situation, a more urban mm -hmm. situation than Rich Dad Poor Dad was. And it's yeah. going to be a whole narrative that yeah. teaches financial literacy. Awesome. That way it's easier to take in for young adults who need the information mm -hmm. because you can see the actual situations of it, not somebody just instructing you like, hey, do this, do this, and shoving mm -hmm. a paper in your hand. Fill this out like, dude, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, they I'm don't know you. what to do half the time. I know when I did my first budget, my grandma had taught me my first budget. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, but then as I got older and started learning more stuff, some of her philosophies on money that she thought was good is not mm -hmm. because she also grew up in, like, Great Depression times. Yeah. So that's when they started using credit and stuff like that. And they thought it was good to mm -hmm. maintain a, a credit card that you're always using and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, nah, yeah. you can have a credit card, but don't always use it yeah. for everything. Yeah. Like, there's more tips on that yeah. on a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So who have been your key mentors or influencers and how have they shaped your approach to business success? I don't really have any mentors that I can literally pick up the phone and just call and be like, hey, tell me more about, you know, anything related to culinary arts. When it comes to mentors, I even mention people that I watch or read mm -hmm. because that's still a regular basis that you're taking in their ideals and their perspectives. Yeah. So are there any books, people, motivational speakers? Cooks that you like to watch, like Gordon Ramsay was my idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> T.D. Jakes is an individual okay. who I like to listen to. First Baptist 
Pastor John Jenkins and uh, Keith Battle. That's for the spiritual side. And I feel like that's what keeps me rooted and humble mm-hmm. and realizing that yeah, today you may be up. Tomorrow you might be super up, but you keep that effed up attitude. You know what I'm saying? You, you can, you can come, back come down. down. And I've seen people do it. So mm-hmm. I'm always rooted and I stay humble knowing all the success you have now can be easily taken from you in an instant. But I'll tell you what I do. Mm-hmm. And I've done this since back then. Mm-hmm. I would study individuals who are in the same field as me. Mm-hmm. Low level, bottom tier, people who coming uh, up, yeah, coming up, up or even top tier people. Mm-hmm. And when I look at I look at what's popular, mm-hmm. so say this is popular. Mm-hmm. I'm going this way. Because <laughs> I never want to be considered, oh, man, he's just hopping on the Part train. Of the crowd, oh, he's making crab cake egg rolls like everyone else. Mm. Oh, he's making lasagna soup. Marry me chicken. I don't, I don't even want to be associated with stuff like that. Yeah. You know, so when I do, do things, I try to be innovative, mm-hmm. you know. And it's crazy to just witness sometimes just doing things naturally mm-hmm. and just seeing that it just stole my whole style like you know it it, it, it happens so often mm-hmm. and people bring it to my attention and i'm like yo that's crazy you know from certain ways that i present the food to certain ways that i record different videos where mm-hmm. i'm breaking things down i'm like hey like this is not only resonating with other chefs or aspiring chefs i'm like mm-hmm. y'all are really like mimicking yeah. mimicking well they say imitation is the best form of flattery it's not but i know <laughs> see, and, and, and when, when people say that to me i'm like if you truly believe that let me give you a better example i really do. and i and i told this to somebody one day to steal your ideas for yeah. the most part and run them off as your own mm-hmm. like imagine if barack obama mm-hmm. was an individual who and i always use snoop dogg and obama because i feel like those are very influential people like on some you know, I was chill go stuff. all the way back in the day to the Temptations. Remember on the movie, they tracked down that group that was acting like them? Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that really happened to them, though. Yeah. And back then, it was even easier to do it. They didn't have social media mm-hmm. and phones and all that stuff. So somebody could easily, hey, dude, let's pretend to be them and get yep. this money. Yep. Okay. It is wild to me. Like, imagine if. So I just came up with a game app called Munch Match. Mm hmm. And I think I probably only have like 12 downloads. Mm-hmm. But I said, imagine if Snoop Dogg came out with the same exact app or Barack Obama came out with the same app mm-hmm. and promoted. People would be like, oh my gosh, this is so innovative. This is so dope. But would you, you feel like, but I came out with it and say it was just a similar name. Mine mm-hmm. is called Munch Match. But say his was called Match Munch. Mm-hmm. People would be like, oh my gosh, that's so innovative. Would you think, oh my gosh, well, Snoop came out with it. I'm flattered that he came up with the same thing. Or would you be like insulted? Yeah, yeah. So that's the way I look at it. Sometimes when I'm like, all right, so this is one of the things I was doing. I would have all my food lined up mm-hmm. and I'd tell the people to gather around. And I literally would film this for like a whole year. 2019 was the year I started. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so right now what we have is the chopped Asian salad with tomatoes, cucumbers, ginger, duh, duh. Right here we have shrimp scampi with angel hair pasta. Right here we have oh, my cougar wings, sweet and spicy cougar wings. Right here we had, and I would go all the way down the line of Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And that way it, it was helpful where people knew all the ingredients. Mm-hmm. You know, I was interactive, mm-hmm. adding that personal and the personal chef. And it helped where people don't have to ask me later on. And I don't have to put the little tent 
little tent car down. Yeah. And people look forward to that, that aspect of the business. Yeah. So, I've seen that at a conference before. Like, yeah. Set up like that. So imagine if, you know, you're doing this and this is your signature thing. And then you start seeing other chefs. Yeah, so right now what we have is this. Yeah. And right now we have this. And it's like, yeah. you look out of your element. You know what I'm saying? Like, For real. I see it. And all I do, like, to me, I just laugh about it. I'm like, eh, you know. Yeah. But also, you know, that right there is a little flattering. Because it's like, you, it can't, you can't trademark you speaking over, but you know where you got it from. Yeah, exactly. So to me, but, I mean, another trademark thing, like, I started putting this dry ice around the food. I would just pour the water and just let it just like kind of just oh yeah yeah I've go seen through the whole thing. Like that. I love yeah, it. and then you know I start seeing other chefs. I see it in my DM. Yo, hey bro, I started thinking about dry ice a couple of weeks ago. Hey, where can I get dry ice from? <laughs> you didn't think about dry ice. You saw it. Just pay homage, and I'll tell exactly. you. But since you want to play it like you came up with the idea. And you thought of it? I'm not telling you. I don't know. You. I have no idea, sir. I don't I, remember. And, and see, to me, that's the humble. Yes. The humble. If somebody came to me and was like, hey, bro, I really love your setups. I love how you just break the food down. I think I'm going to add that to my event. Mm-hmm. Hey, bro, go for it. You got my yeah. blessings. Mm-hmm. Even if somebody came to me and was like, I would love to add dry ice to my events. I think it's dope the way you do it. Where can I buy dry ice from? Hey man, here's my distributor. Here's the address, man. Hey, tell them Anthony sent you. Yeah. But when you try to play me like, man, I was just randomly thinking about doing this. I had like <laughs> another thing I was doing a while ago, and I still see it to this day. I would have all these gravy boats yeah. lined up and have various sauces. So like I have like a Parmesan cream sauce for the broccolini or mm-hmm. my Kruger sauce for the wings. And I'll be I would go down the line as I'm breaking the food down, and I would just pour the sauce and you know, pour the sauce. Kind of like how some of these janky individuals are now. Yeah. So I'm just like, mine looked a little more classy, you know. Yeah, because you knew what you were doing. Yeah. I literally had a chef come to me and say, bro, that's crazy. And this was like a year into me already doing it. Mm -hmm. That's crazy because I was really thinking about doing like pouring sauces on my food at my events. I just looked red it. You were thinking, but I did it. Like. You weren't thinking it. Like, <laughs> bro, it, like to me, it was just more of an insult. You're basically saying you 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 were in my head and I had been thinking about this. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird behavior. Yeah. I really think you shouldn't say it out loud because some people do think of some stuff. And But because somebody else did it, I feel like because somebody else already did it, you shouldn't be saying nothing because they actually mm-hmm. executed when you did it. Because uh, there's a good instance where one of the motivational speakers that I follow, he's a like top marketer in America, period. Mm-hmm. And he came out with this game that as soon as I saw it, I was like, dang, I was thinking about making something like that so long ago, but mm-hmm. he already came out with it. Yeah, and that's just how I look at things. It'd be like, like that, like because honestly, there are people that might think of the same idea, but if mm-hmm. you don't execute. You can't just walk up to somebody and be like, oh, man, I thought of that same thing as if they stole your idea. No, like, seriously. No. I can literally tell you one that would probably have put me in a whole different boat. And I did. <laughs> and I literally not only did I think about it, but I was trying to execute it. But I got robbed. Yeah. So, you know, Yahoo came out. Google came out. Mm-hmm. And then Bing came out. You know about Bing? Yeah. So these are all search I've, I've been on computers since Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Stop playing. Yeah. And AOL when you're talking about. So in, be- in between the time of Yahoo and Google, uh-huh. I always thought to myself, I like the way Yahoo looks because they had the news and the weather and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. The little ticker for the uh, stock. Yeah. 
But Google searches are just way better. They give you better results. Mm -hmm. So I told myself, I went on Facebook, 2008. This is around the same time I was doing, what's it called? I just started catering business. Okay. I went on Facebook. I'll never forget it. Does anybody know any web developers? A girl wrote me and said, I got one for you. Mm -hmm. Hit this girl up. Hit her up. So I'm bringing it down for I said, yo, so I want to create a search engine. You think you can make a search engine for me? So yeah, I can do it. So what's the turnaround time? Six weeks. Mm -hmm. All right. What name do you want? Swizzy.com. Mm -hmm. I go online, try to buy it. Oh, it's already sold. So, okay. Either way, long story short, I don't want to go into long detail, but either <laughs> way, I would pay this woman. Uh -huh. And I paid her a grand total of $5,500 over a period of like four weeks uh -huh. and never got anything back from her. Yeah. Because she stole my money. Wow. She was never really a web developer. She sent me like one little logo. And then this was my final straw. I wrote her one day and I was like, hey, like, I can't keep paying you. You're not producing anything. You're not showing me anything. Yeah. So she would stop answering my phone calls. Basically, I was out of 5,500. Okay. And I had a notepad full of everything. Okay. Gave her 2,200 for interface for this. Da, da, da. And I'm, basically, what I was trying to do was create uh, a search engine that looked like Yahoo, mm -hmm. but had searches like Google. Yeah. And when she told me she could do it, it was like, I got something on my hands. And, you know, months later, Bing came out. So if mine would have came out beforehand, mm -hmm. Bing came out June of 2010 or something like that. Either way, mine was supposed to come out like around like April. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Trying to be that cost. It's just so crazy that mm -hmm. it was almost like a line timing that we were both coming out. I would never talk to the to the guy who created Bing, I thought of that idea. You know what I'm saying? That, that'd be weird. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But or even Uber and Lyft, like I yeah, because my my parents lived in the, well, not both my parents. My mom she lives in Charles County in a big old house, mm -hmm. but my dad used to live in the projects a lot. So whenever I'd be down there, I'm the person like I got a car, mm -hmm. so anybody need a ride, they know to call me, and. Mm -hmm. That's ride sharing. Yep. And so when the app came out, I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, man, I wish I would have thought of making it an app. But yep. I never actually thought of making it an app. Yeah. So yeah. That's just yeah. <laughs> it's like people have been doing that a long time. Mm -hmm. There's rappers that say it in songs, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. That, that's a, a great reminiscent moment, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I rarely even think about that, but that, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't know how that just came to my mind, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Your skills have earned media attention. Mm -hmm. How has this influenced your career and your mission for healthy living? So when I had the health scare and I changed my entire diet, I realized that you can heal yourself through food. Mm -hmm. So even though I eat everything, like pork, chicken, beef, turkey, whatever, I still let people know that in moderation, you don't want to consume these things too often. You don't want too much fried food. Mm -hmm. You know, you eat fruits, you eat your veggies, fish, but one thing you definitely want to do is have a well-balanced diet. You know what I'm saying? Like eating cereal every morning is, is crazy. Like, I mean, I just, it's just certain things I, I just can't, cow's milk anymore can't do. At all. Yeah. Exactly. It's you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I would never knock nobody for doing it. I would knock yeah. nobody for eating whatever they eat. Yeah. You know? There's random moments where I might end up having like macaroni and cheese because it's like, or something like that. Mm. Actually, it's been months. I yeah. did have some yesterday though. Yeah. And that's why when I was eating and I was like, yeah, I haven't had this in forever. Mm -hmm. It's like not even a familiar taste anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you saw more regular mac and cheese. Yeah. Not vegan mac and cheese. No, it was baked mac and cheese. Yeah. yeah regular mac vegan and cheese. Vegan mac and cheese. 
I've, I've I haven't even them. tried that yet. <clears throat> I've had it at my event. I couple have weeks some ago. nutritional yeast at home, and yeah. I was gonna make some, but I've actually ended up making some salmon cakes instead. Those were really good, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but those were really good. But yeah, I've actually even looked up the digestion time for various types of food, mm-hmm. and that is why people get so sick because when what's you the longest? Meat, red meat, or meat meat. All meat. Oh, huh. All meat takes at least a week for your body to fully digest it. Meanwhile, fruits and vegetables take uh, about two hours. Mm-hmm. So in comparison, yeah. <laughs> that's why you are seemingly hungry all the time when you turn into uh, vegan and stuff like that, yeah. I feel like. But honestly, it's okay to munch on fruits and vegetables all day long. All day. It's okay. But then you got people <laughs> that actually eat meat that when you tell them to eat fruits and vegetables... They always try to say, it's, I need too, meat. it's too much sugar. <laughs> All that sugar is in the fruit. You'd be like, okay. Oh, I've even found the studies, and these are actual medical studies mm-hmm. that show that it's actually better for you to eat the sugar out of fruits and vegetables because all of the artificial sugars take longer mm-hmm. for your body to process. Yep. Even the fake sugars that they tell diabetics they're supposed to take. Mm-hmm. Your body can't even recognize those. That's also why you end up retaining more weight and they end mm-hmm. up with gout and all that other yep. stuff because your body is not recognizing the stuff you're putting in it. It's chemical based. Yep. Yep. It's not actually the sugar, so it doesn't know how to break it down. Yep. It's confused. I'll tell somebody, <laughs> look, you want to change your entire eating, mm-hmm. go on a Daniel Fest. I'm talking about when, like, you say you got desires to eat pastries and you can't give up your cakes you got to have ice cream every night you got to have frappuccinos and you know all that other stuff that may be bad for you i say may be bad yeah go on a daniel fast peanuts pistachios almonds blackberries blueberries fruit grapefruit oranges yeah all those eat, i eat lemons antioxidants and stuff i eat That's lemons and limes are. like like mm-hmm. like like an <laughs> apple you know and just try it and i say just try it for three days. Mm-hmm. Watch when you come back on the fourth day how you feel about certain foods. Mm-hmm. But if you really do it for 21, 21 days straight, you won't even look at that stuff the yeah. same. Because almost everything you listed are antioxidants mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's going to help get all of that toxic stuff mm-hmm. out of you. Those are literally my favorite, though. Yeah. <laughs> like the peanuts, the almonds, the pistachios, watermelon, yes. grapefruit, yeah. lemons, limes, pineapples. Like, I can literally eat those every single day. Mm-hmm. So, mango is my favorite. Mango. Oh, my god. Mango, goodness. apples, oranges, mm-hmm. lemons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are my favorites. <laughs> mm-hmm. Grapes. Blackberries. I don't even. I love I don't grapes. care for raspberries, though. I will say. Yeah. I know. Raspberries yeah. are kind of iffy because they're, I don't know, it's the texture of them. Mushy. But, yeah. <laughs> but I will say. I forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like that. My bad. Oh, I was talking about the mangoes. Oh, grapes. Mm-hmm. So I really love grapes, but I stopped eating them because everywhere I go, they don't have seeds. Right. Um, which is unnatural. Yep. And when you go to the organic section, they still have no seeds. So why people don't realize that this is wrong and they're tricking you, I have no idea. But anything that grows naturally and organically has a seed because it has to reproduce. This goes from human to animals to to plants of all kinds. Mm-hmm. So why are we getting these grapes with no seeds that are supposed to be organic? So how are they growing them, though? Exactly my point. 
are they really great? Like, okay, like the watermelons that don't have seeds. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do they get the seeds out? But then you see the white seeds in They're there. genetically modified. Mm. They still have those. I want to see that process. I know, right? Like, I wonder if there's a video on YouTube. There's a lot. There's documentaries about how they're doing this genetic modifications. So a lot of time they're crossbreeding, which people don't know either. They don't even, they see GMO and they know it's bad. They don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. GMO means they've crossed, genetically crossed these plants with different illnesses, viruses, plant, like pesticides so that they can fight bugs instead of spraying it with pesticides mm-hmm. that's literally what they're doing so they're mixing our food with all of these viruses and stuff like that so that the plant can fight the insects but then we're eating it yeah and they're wondering where all these diseases and allergies have coming from that yeah. have not been present for centuries and now mm-hmm. for the past couple of decades it's been growing rapidly and then especially in america like that's why there's so many foods that are banned overseas that aren't banned here right there's stuff that they sell us here that has different that they make differently in order for them to sell it overseas Mm -hmm. they're poisoning us they're making money off of it hand over fist and people don't want to listen they Mm -hmm. want to listen to their doctor that's making more money off of you the sicker you are the more money they make Mm -hmm. the more you have to send to see them more prescriptions you have to get. Yep. And then you get the side effects from the prescriptions. Yep. <laughs> and yep. then you're yep. back. Yep. Like it's an endless it's cycle. Yeah. America makes their money off of that stuff. But it's crazy how so many people are actually still living up. Yep. Living long lives too. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the good thing I have noticed about the people who are living longer lives, they don't eat as much of the stuff that is mm-hmm. poisonous. And I'm using that leniently. I'm not saying you're actually poisoning yourself, which mm-hmm. you are kind of, but still. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they don't eat as much of that stuff and they work. They work jobs that actually physically keep them fit Yeah. instead of sitting on their butt all day long. Mm-hmm. That's why there's a lot of people who do work from home who are realizing, okay, they have like the standing desk yep. or the people who work in the office, they have like that treadmill, like it's a walking desk. Mm-hmm. And so it's so I cool. think that's the coolest thing though. Me I just, too. it popped up in my feed I, the other day. <laughs> me too. I don't, I don't see, I don't have a use for it because I'm not really on a computer mm-hmm. so much, but I'm like, hey, if I was, and then the desk like looks like this, but it's like taller. Yeah. And you can so just you walk. Can literally... So you're getting like you're steps walking. in, you know what I'm saying? Lots you, of steps. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty low. But <laughs> it's still early. Yeah. <laughs> I try to get about. I mean, I ride the bike, so yeah. I, I ain't worried about it. I did 24 miles the other day. That's on, what's up. In I did a two hour. I don't never do no two hour on a bike, but yeah. I had I had the time. I gotta you know get mine fixed. The inner tube yeah. messed up. So. Oh, you talking on a bike bike? I'm talking about the Peloton. You're- I'm, I'm talking about a real bike. Out, out, I go out and ride my bike. Yeah, my mom has a Peloton. Yeah. I, got I could get in a bike club. I'll definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of a solo flyer. Maybe eventually I'll get in a yeah. bike club and ride with other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So your initiative in sharing vegan recipes with HBCUs is notable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we're over here by Howard University. Mm-hmm. Just a red flag. I like Howard University, so I don't mind putting them in my videos. In Hampton University, too, even though they're rivals a little. <laughs> All right. What motivates this, and what impact do you see on the community? Mm-hmm. So I went to an HBCU. It wasn't one of any of the ones you list. I went to Bowie State. Oh, okay. But, you know, just being able to give them some a part of, you know, 
something that I feel like they need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like with the, the company that I partner with, I stand behind their product, you know. Go Legendary has great plant-based mm-hmm. ground. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I use it on a regular basis. I got a freezer full of it. Um, <laughs> and just being able to implement various dishes. So the latest one was at Morgan State. Mm-hmm. where My brother went there for a little while, too, before Morgan, he joined the Coast Guard. That's a good school, man. Yeah. And fairly affordable, you know. Mm-hmm. But I created this chicken sandwich for them. Mm-hmm. Chicken. Right. But the vegan version. And, you know, they had it and they were sharing with the kids and the kids would just love why I call them kids huh? they're they're I mean, they're adults but yeah technically still are some of them will still agree yeah. with me and it's so crazy there was one I work with that said that like mm-hmm. I was like well you're grown she was like no I still feel like a kid I don't want to grow too fast <laughs> I was like I'm glad you well that's that odd way. though because yes, most time they don't that is think rare. like that normally they think they're fully grown mm-hmm. and yeah. I didn't I can't teach you nothing okay you and they, they they're hard to talk to but you know when we did that unrolling out the rolling out of the uh, chicken sandwich like they loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate them letting me be a part of that, you know, that yeah. mission. So that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what I want to do is like be a part of initiatives to help teach like financial literacy skills mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because just offering it as a class, most high schools and colleges will make it an elective. Yep. Instead of making it mandatory. And yep. I feel like it's something that should be mandatory. Mm-hmm. Even if it's only a one semester class. Mm-hmm. Like, it should be something that's mandatory. Yeah. And I'm willing to even volunteer time for that. Like, yeah. I've told people that. It was one lady I told that. I was like, I'm willing to volunteer my time. She said, no, you're going to get paid. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she's like, I'm going to help you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's important. Yeah. It's just very important. And that's why even... Everything that I learn, as I learn it, I teach it to my son. Even if it's not fully developed, I go back. Hey, I found out this too. Here, look. Look at this link. Look at this link. Because he's Mm -hmm. on his phone all day anyways. And he will go look at it. He'll go look at stuff and glance at it. Mm -hmm. And Because I'll give him a quiz on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give him a little quiz. You know mama don't play. Yeah. I want him to learn all the good stuff before Mm -hmm. it's too late. People wait till their children are 18, 19, 20 Mm -hmm. or never and never teach them about paying bills. People get their first apartment and they're in there with no furniture and stuff for months and the water's off because they don't know what to do and they don't know how to set all that. You know, that this younger generation, they're not as privileged to have seen a transition of things. So Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff they don't really even necessarily know. Mm-hmm. You ask somebody 17 what an encyclopedia is and watch them be like, uh, is that an animal? You know what I'm saying? Like, like they really just, there's certain things that is they that just don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, but then there was things that we didn't know. Yeah. You know. That's very true. So but we would find out because we had we different go generations. Research. We, like J. Cole's call it middle child, like we're in between. We know what the old school people know, but then we have kids or we may be the, t- the latter end of our generation is the one that's part of that, mm-hmm. those kids that grew up with mostly computers and stuff like that, they don't know how to write a letter. Mm-hmm. They, they, don't, don't they don't know how to write in cursive. They don't know how to write in cursive. They but they don't teach that. that. Yeah, that's you wild. You don't have to actually sign papers anymore. You literally go online, even you when they have you sign, sign it's that's mm-hmm. not really signing because signing we had to learn how to do handwriting. Mm-hmm. Like you will use your finger. We're back to slavery days where you could just put an X and that's your signature. No, basically. <laughs> no, seriously. That's literally leave your mark. That's why they tell you that's not even a signature back then. They told you to leave your mark mm-hmm. or whatever that was. Yeah. It's crazy. But 
That's why we need to teach them better. Yeah, there's certain things I feel like they should always know. Like my grandpa taught me how to read a map, an actual paper map. Yeah, yeah. And that's why some of the big joint they have in the back seat. Exactly. That's why when GPSs came out, when Google Maps came out, well, first of all, when GPSs came out and they were kind of not that accurate, I could still look at it and know where I'm going because mm-hmm. I know how to read a map. And the same thing happens with Google Maps. If it freezes, I can still look at it and know, okay, wait, I already passed this. I can go here. Mm-hmm. I can map something out myself mm-hmm. without even actually using the directions. Yeah. But a lot of people would never know how to do that. Yeah. They'll get lost. They're in their yeah. phones. They're walking into stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just lost. The yeah, kids can't even count because, you know, I don't think they pay attention to change. No. Like, all right, so if something costs 251 Mm-hmm. And I gave them three dollars. They wouldn't know it was forty nine cents. And they accidentally pressed the exact change button. Right. They'd be like, "Because I've worked in restaurants for twenty two years, I've seen them do this so many times. Like they accidentally pressed the exact change, or somebody gave them a twenty and they pressed five dollars, or whatever the amount was. They pressed the wrong amount, and they're like, "Oh." Uh, can you help me? I pressed the wrong thing. It's going to mess up my drawer. Well, first of all, it's not going to mess up your drawer as long as you give out the proper amount of change. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, how, how do I know what that is? Do the math in your head. Yeah. yeah. I can't do that. I got you. I got you. Because everything is all about <laughs> swiping cards. So yeah. really, they don't have to calculate nothing. Yeah. It's going to always be the exact change. So, yeah. yeah. It's happened so many times. And that's honestly what motivated me to do what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, I've been in food service for 22 years. I've worked at ODU campus. I've worked at Boston Market. I've mm-hmm. worked at KFC Taco Bell. I've worked at so many different restaurant concepts. Mm-hmm. And normally the crew is young adults. And I was one of those young adults at one point in time. But now mm-hmm. that I'm older and I know more than what they know, mm-hmm. I want them to know this stuff. Yeah. while they're still young yeah because everybody keeps telling them yolo <clears throat> yolo does not mean go out and mess up your younger years because yeah. honestly your younger years is the best time to get as much money mm-hmm. as possible yeah before you get too old and then that way when you do get old you got money mm-hmm. stacked yep. like like buying fifteen hundred dollar jeans and six hundred dollar shirts would never make sense to me just to go get you know dirty or go get drunk, probably spill a drink on it yeah. or sweat all in on the. It makes like, no sense. Like, but that—that's how the young generation thinks, though. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's crazy, but yeah. we're gonna move forward. They'll be all right. because yeah, they—they're gonna learn, and it, it'll be a progression. Our our economy moves in waves, mm-hmm. and so right now this is the wave of kids who. A lot of their parents didn't want them to have to go through what they went through, mm-hmm. so they babied and pampered mm-hmm. them. Or they just aren't teaching them. They're just ignoring them. They just put them in front of a TV mm-hmm. or a tablet or a computer mm-hmm. or a gaming system, and mm-hmm. they actually don't even raise their kids mm-hmm. at all. So we have to learn how to actually take control of our children's future by yeah. teaching them. What was your first car? My first car? Yeah was a 87 mustang what year were you born 87 that's okay. why i bought it <laughs> whole point i'm trying to make is my first yeah. car was a 91 honda uh-huh. i was born in 86 right uh-huh try to find a kid right now who is going to get a car let's say they were born in 99 mm-hmm. right so they're about 20s uh oh my math off too about mm-hmm. 25 right i guarantee that 25 year old don't have no car from 99 that 25-year-old has a car. With a payment and all kinds of that stuff. That is 
and maybe not even the payment. Parents went out and dropped sixteen thousand mm-hmm. on a on a brand new Nissan. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they're so privileged. You know, and maybe I got animosity because I I didn't was a privilege. I work hard for everything yeah. I got. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like everything just seems to just be handed to them. Without the so they don't even call them like, even say, appreciate. Okay, help me, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and, and like that lack of appreciation. So even with my daughter, I do stuff like this, and I teach her like I'm like, so what is this? She'd be like lamb chop. So like, and now show it to her like in a rack form. Then I'll show it to her in a cup form. Like this lamb chops when you cut them. What's this? Oxtail. She can identify anything. Onions. That's she know, onion from an apple, from a pear. To, you know what I'm saying? And just it. because it's I teach it to her. Identification early. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I taught it to my son too. And that's what goes back to us mm-hmm. saying the generation after generation don't know how to eat healthy. Yep. They don't even recognize what the healthy stuff is. They go on the She knows stores. how to read the back of the uh, nutritious facts. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, this has a lot of total fat. Mm-hmm. This has a lot of saturated fat. My son does that yeah. too. So, you know, and that's, a, that's how I teach him young. Mm-hmm. But also something like this I'll do. Like, let's say I'm sweeping up. I'm like, hey, Asham, and that's my eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, can you run and take this bag to each room and dump the trash into each thing? Mm-hmm. And guess what? She's earned her money. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, okay, here you go. Here, here's $10 to go to Claire's. Mm-hmm. You know, here, here's $20 to go buy some Roblox. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I want her to be able to know that. You know, you work for what you can get. Yeah. You know, and I could tell that she looks forward to it. So like, she'll ask me, "Hey, what can I do?" So I, I want to buy five dollars worth. Yeah, my son. I'm like, hmm. I find something stupid. Like, I, I'll go in the dishwasher, clean dishes, take the forks and I'm like, okay, set, put all the forks in here. Well, she knows my forks, spoons, mm-hmm. knives. You know, separate. Only thing she don't touch is them big knives. So <laughs> yeah. She knows the mood of wooden spoons go over there. You know, so she mentally knows that. You have to work to earn money. Mm-hmm. Not like how a lot of the young generation where they could just text mom or text dad. Yeah, cash at me. Like, what? And the craziest part is it'll be middle class and lower, like, poor people that actually do that. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because you're creating more poor generations. They know to just be frivolous with their money. Yep. Because that's what you're doing. You're teaching them how to just be frivolous with their money. Mm-hmm. And I actually read something the other day where one parent who is a motivational speaker, all his kids are grown and have, are living awesome lives because of, you know, he contributes to part of the stuff that he taught them. Yep. And one of them was after they got a certain age, the chore, instead of doing chores, they got allowance for reading books. Hmm. And it had to be the books he gave them. Like, right. they can go rich and mm-hmm. rich dad, poor dad. Yep. And, and stuff like that. I like that uh, concept. The who, not how, and books yeah. that teach them mm-hmm. the greater skills that to be decent human beings, yes. to be financially literate. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Those these those kids, these kids skills. these days will rebel. Now, how old is your son? Thirteen. Thirteen. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're old enough to start rebelling yet. But no, I'm talking mean, about like these sixteen, seventeen, eighteen yeah. year old. Like, I don't know, man. It's, and that's why I feel like the crime is so high. You know, it's little to no guidance at home. But it already, you know. I'm glad you said that because that starts early. When they teach them to be just careless and free from birth, like you have the toddler running around, they knock some over. <laughs> that's just funny. Come mm-hmm. on, let's clean it up. 
but then they get a little bit older. No, you're not supposed to do that. But wait, you mm. laughed at yeah, it. Yeah, you laughed at it. Years ago. Like, you filmed it. You posted online. Exactly. You thought mm-hmm. it was good. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? I'm confused. Mm-hmm. They're confused. And mm-hmm. then they get older and they're still confused mm-hmm. because you are giving them a different response than what you originally gave them. Mm-hmm. My son has always gotten the same response from certain behaviors, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. And so he knows that. And that's why he'll talk to me. He'll talk to me more than his grandma. He's at his grandmother's house right now because while I made my move up here, he was going to school from there still. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll talk to me. I'm like his best friend down there. Mm-hmm. But he knows I'm not your friend. Still your mama. Mm-hmm. But I'm here for you no matter what. Yeah. And that's what I look forward to. He does have the ups and downs in his attitudes because mm-hmm. he is a preteen. But we've even discussed how to resolve that issue. Yeah. He knows how to, mom, I can't talk right now because somebody just really upset me earlier today. Okay. Yeah. Okay, call me later. Yeah. Because sometimes we lash out on other people when we feel a certain way about something. Yeah. You have to deal with that first. Mm-hmm. And so that was good of him. I was really proud when he did yeah. that that day. Because you know, other people, they'll probably, yeah. there's grown like, people that like, don't you know right? any better than that. Why are you acting like that? Yeah. You know <laughs> That's so crazy. But, I'm I'm glad I'm getting him emotionally equipped mm-hmm. for being an adult. And our next question is balancing a successful career and family life is challenging, like we were talking mm-hmm. about just now. How do you maintain this balance? See, to me is it, that that one's fairly easy because I don't work on any holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, I was taken away from multiple holidays when I first started out when I first started getting you know, two and three events a month, which to me, I'm doing like 16 a month now. But when I was getting like two and three a month, it was like Mother's Day, Father's Day, Thanksgiving, maybe a random event in between time, even working like Christmas. Like it it was was crazy. So and I realized I was being taken away from those, you know, valuable family situations. I remember one time I had to go to work on Black Black Friday and I'm like, Mm -hmm. Like it just felt it felt bad, you know, yeah. being away. So now that I control my schedule, I make sure that I schedule that time for them. Um, food service has always been that way because, like mm-hmm. I said, I've been in food service for twenty two years. Mm-hmm. So the only time I had holidays off is when I was working on college campuses. Right. And so these past two or three years that I've been out, well, three or four years now, it feels actually. great though, right? It feels great. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. It really does. I didn't mean to cut your wisdom. Were you finished with that topic? Oh, yeah. No, no. I was just basically saying that, you know, I make sure that they get that valuable time with me. Yeah. And let's say, let's say it's January and then I book the Friday, Saturday, and I'm off Sunday. And then the next week is Saturday and Sunday. And then I book up just having the third week. Mm-hmm. That fourth week, I won't let nobody book no events. I'll spend the whole weekend with them. Yeah. You know, I, I pick them up from school every day. You know, so I still get that bonding time every day unless I have a random event on a Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, that 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 little bit of time in the car, you know, that, that means a lot to them, you know. Yeah. That's so. why I make sure I call my son every day on video call, not mm-hmm. a regular call. Yeah. A video call every day. And while he's been down there, because he's in uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. So while he's been down there, I go down there once a month, whether mm-hmm. it's for a weekend or if it's a holiday i'll go during the week because mm-hmm. it's easier for me because i usually work weekends at the job i'm at mm-hmm. so it's nice and then we're closed on holidays so mm-hmm. that's awesome too so yeah. i've gotten to spend time with him it's a lenient schedule so i can mm-hmm. still 
like his birthday weekend. I had that whole three day weekend, four mm-hmm. day weekend. I took off. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I love it. It's ideal once you get to that point where you can spend balanced time between professional, personal, and family. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people put family in the bucket with personal, but personal is something separate because you yeah. have your own mental health that you have to work on in order for you to be valuable to your family. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't worked on that, then your time with your family sucks. Yep. <laughs> like that's the only word I could put for it because yeah. you're one of those people that's letting out your anger, frustrations, mm-hmm. deep rooted, whatever on other people. Mm-hmm. And that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> so reflecting on your journey, can you share a pivotal decision or moment that significantly contributed to your financial success? Um, pivotal moment, September 2019. Mm-hmm. I was at an event, beautiful home. i never forget it. I'm really good with dates. So September of 2019, went to this home. They hired me on a Monday. The event was on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And typically I don't let people hire under that short notice but cool they paid and i get there the event was supposed to start at six (laughs) the event was set to start at 6 Mm p.m i got there for prep had all the food ready by six well had all the appetizers because they had salad started appetizer main course Mm -hmm. had the salad ready plated up boom it's only eight people made and i remember the crab cake made the crab cakes boom put on separate paid garnish and then I get there and I mean, six o'clock rolls around and nobody's there. Okay. Seven o'clock rolls around, nobody's there. I talk to the assistant. I'm with you for an hour and a half of your event because I think that's the amount of time that, you know, if you're eating that you probably need. Yeah. South Side Advertising Main Course, 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. I told the assistant, she had an assistant. Like I said, big house, probably does something big, major. I said, hey, look, I think we about to be in overtime because they haven't even started eating and nobody's even here yet. She's like, oh, yeah, we'll just pay you later. I got you. All right. 845 <laughs> rolls around. The first guest comes in. Wow. They're like, yeah, trust me. However long we need you here, you're good. Serve them salad, appetizer, grill some steaks, boom, mashed potatoes, asparagus, broccolini, boom. They're done. Clean the kitchen. The sister was like, yeah, just call me, email me tomorrow. I got you. Three hours of overtime, $220 an hour. Just, mm. just pay it, you know what I'm saying? Send it through Zelle, Cash App, or I can invoice you, you pay with your credit card. Yeah. I send them that email, I get an email back. The crab cakes were made with this. It wasn't even good. That strange sauce, the salad, I don't know what that mysterious salad dressing was. The steak wasn't even cooked to the right temperature. You know, I cook and I clean. Yeah. Wow. It's no food left on the plate. So I'm, I, I'm confused. Yeah. And then you didn't even entertain us. And I'm like, the chef's not supposed like, to, what be the to dance or something? Like, come on. Uh, or fling shrimp in your mouth like a hibachi. <laughs> First of all, they're in a whole separate dining area and yeah, I'm in a kitchen. kitchen. I read it. So, you know what? This doesn't even solicit a response. Yeah. I'm going to take that three hours on the chin. It is what it is. That $600, $660, I'm good. I don't, just don't call me no more. Save you on my phone. It's do not allow to book any future events. Yeah. Don't call me. But one thing stuck out to me. You did not entertain me. And I was just like, 
I don't know what type of entertainment she was looking for. Yeah. So that was a Wednesday. I had an event that sat, that coming up Saturday. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I'm sure they still follow me online. Let me show them what entertainment is. Yeah. And I told the dude that was the assistant that I was with, I said, yo, just start filming this. Mm-hmm. So their event was in the basement of the house. It was an all-girls event. And that's when I started the sauce pouring thing. Mm-hmm. I took, I made various sauces for all of the different dishes. And I said, I'm not going to put it on there right now and then serve them. I said, yeah. I'm going to pour it. So I walked down the stairs. I'm bringing everything down. It wasn't as polished. Like I had certain things in pots with the handles. So it still gave like this, you know, kind of grungy, rustic look, but it was cool. It, I was about to um, say it still works. Yeah, it's it wasn't nice. like in the in the gravy boat, you know, like I yeah. was doing. So I see that some of the ladies are still waiting for them to get dressed and whatnot. So I bring everything down, bringing it down the stages. I said, all right, go. He starts filming. I'm going down the line. Sauce <laughs> porn, da da da. And then all you hear is one of the ladies, hey, girl, you need to hurry and come out here. You need to see this. <laughs> so I'm going down the line. I'm just acting like I ain't paying them no attention. Yep. Sauce, okay. da, da, da. Come over here. Stand right here. I say, yo, zoom in a little bit. Get this. I want you to get a close-up on this. Pouring the sauce. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to start doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start pouring sauces at my events. 2019. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, that became my signature thing at my events. Because people start hiring me just so they can get this aspect of not only good food, but this aspect of entertainment, yeah. of sauce porn. And I feel like things really took off at that point in time. Yeah. I did a whole lot of events. But then the 2020, March, was when the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and it shut things down. So I mean, even when I was making videos, I still was doing sauce pouring in the videos. You know what I'm saying? So I can still maintain how my did signature. I just couldn't do no more events. I was just doing drop-offs. Oh, yeah, because okay. I wasn't going to nobody's house. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> and then I would just wear a mask when I would go to people's actual houses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because so, nobody knew how we, people were getting it. They were like, sure, I wore my mask and I still caught COVID. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then I, I didn't catch COVID till December of that year. But um, I'm glad I didn't catch it at all. At all, that's good. No, yes, yeah. that is good. That's, that's a good immune system. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Cause yeah. I, should, I was around people who had caught it. Mm-hmm. And I never caught it. Yeah. And I know I wasn't asymptomatic because I took the test before too. Mm-hmm. Like every time I was around somebody who had it, I did eventually mm-hmm. end up taking my test and all that. Just never caught it. Yeah. So I was lucky. You never had a positive result either. Nope. That's good. Never had a positive result. So mm-hmm. that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And then my mom pushed me to go get the vaccine. Yeah. So you got was, it? Yeah. <laughs> I got it too. I ain't never getting no booster. But me either. <laughs> I was like, that was good enough. But I don't think I'm fully vaccinated because I got one shot in April. <laughs> then I got the next shot in August. Yeah, that is a long time. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, you're supposed to get them back to back months or something. Yeah, I but... think it's like a month or like a couple weeks or something. Like yeah. I don't remember because I got the first set. I, I'm not mm-hmm. going to get no more. They're not putting no more poison in my body. Mm-hmm. It's enough in the food. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> All right. So as an as an entrepreneur, what strategies have you employed for financial planning and wealth building in the culinary industry? Yeah, proper purchasing. But also, you know, proper charging, charging what you're worth. And if I know I'm going to go over and beyond for somebody at an event, mm-hmm. like I'm going to do something spectacular, I'm going to also charge them for it. I'm not going to eat up that cost. I'm going to always make sure that the event is so well structured. So like, okay, they got 50 people they want to serve. I'm going to make sure I've charged them for the servers 
And basically, in a nutshell, I'm not eating no charges. Mm-hmm. You know, charges that people are like, oh, yeah, can you add that on? Okay, you can add that on with the price. Yeah. So I make sure that all of the money is paid in full seven days before the event. Where I've seen some chefs where they're like, oh, I'm getting paid the day of. I'm like, yeah, I'm or the never. day before. That's, that's crazy because what if you go to the event and they decide they don't want to pay you? Yeah. Like I, somebody called me the other day and said that. He was like, the lady didn't pay him. She kept running around. I said, bro, that's that's what they do. Mm-hmm. She never had any intentional paying you in the first place. Mm-hmm. And she kept giving you the cold shoulder at the event, laughing and having drinks and this and that. And then tell you she's going to pay you tomorrow and you're not going to get that money. I told her, I said, you might as well go and cancel that now. You're not getting your money. Yeah. That's why a lot of places and people take deposits. Cause yep. Like Deposit is going to hold your date. You need to be paid in full seven days before. Mm-hmm. If you're not paid in full seven days before, I have the right to say, I'm not doing this event. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. And if you try to get me, you know, within the seven days. So if your event is Monday and you want the event on Thursday, you got to pay it in full. Yeah, you got to pay me right yeah. now. <laughs> any, event, any event that's over, I'd say, I used to say 5000 but now it's 3000 mm-hmm. Your deposit has to be paid in the cashier's check. Yeah. You know why? Because I, you can end up where somebody called their bank. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is an unauthorized transaction. I know, even with the card or a paper I'm not, check. I'm not, yeah, like, I'm not playing that. that. But guess what? You can't do it up with a cashier's check because yeah. you had to go inside that bank and, and make it out already. to Anthony D. Mm-hmm. Thomas. And, you know, I'm not taking that type of hit for an event that, you know, Especially I execute. not of that, that volume. Like, yeah. You know. No, no, nobody wants to wait. I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to take that hit for no amount of money. Yeah. But, you know, for an event of that high price, yeah. man, I'm not doing that. Yeah, that's cash, understandable. Cashier check, or I'll meet you and get cash, yeah. you know. Cash or so. cashiers, that's it. Mm-hmm. I got to check them bills, too. And <laughs> I got a clipboard that I leave from the, when I leave from the event. Mm-hmm. You have to sign off. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, check, I did. Yes, everything was clean. Yes, I'm fully satisfied. Yes, da 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 and your signature. And I got a witness with me. Mm-hmm. Not not taking no chances. Yeah, because I'm sure you probably had people who come. Oh, you lost this, or you broke this, and mm-hmm. you ain't clean this. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. none of that happened. But mm-hmm. I had a woman when I was in Vegas. I had sent my team to an event, mm-hmm. and she said, "And your team didn't even clean my kitchen." I said, "Well, I got the video right here." Because mm-hmm. they they know you got to film and document this stuff because people will try their hand mm-hmm. to try to find a reason that they do with black businesses to try to get a refund yeah. or get money back. Yeah, you know, and it's mostly our own people doing and it to us. It is, and it's so crazy. Well, yeah, mostly because I've seen it from I know others. all of yeah other people too. Because there's some people that are just difficult anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But most other races, they don't do that. I'm not even gonna say most others because white people do it to each other too. Like Asian people, I've run into, and a reason I say Asian people because it'll be they can be Cantonese, Korean, Chinese. Mm-hmm. They actually try to look out for each other mm-hmm. when it's their business. They leave tips. And all that. Mm-hmm. Jewish people too. Mm-hmm. They'll pay the the reasonable price. They're not gonna overpay you though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like they look out for each other. There's nobody who actually, um, unless you're adolescents, adolescents will always like when they're under like 25 and under, they're always gonna try to ask for cheaper discounts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't care about coming out of their pocket though. Yeah, I know a lot of them that don't. It's been very frivolous. Well, guess what? They it's probably not coming out of their pocket. It's probably coming from exactly. their mom or dad. Exactly. So. That's exactly why, because they're not actually paying. They don't know the hard work that was put behind mm-hmm. those dollars mm-hmm. to even provide. So that's why they're they don't know. They have yep. no concept of that. Yep. They didn't have to do it. Hundred percent. Yeah. So our last question for today. 
is going to be what advice would you give to someone facing challenges while embarking on their wealth building journey? Yep. If you're having a problem with wealth building, you should sit down and actually do a diagram and break down all your monthly expenses, Mm -hmm. where your money is going. What are you spending your money on? If it's things that aren't necessary, you go into the liquor store, you keep stopping at various coffee shops every morning, you stopping at fast food joints, you may have to cut that out and figure out how can you make adjustments to your, you know, so you can save more money, keep more money coming in. Um, yeah, that's what I've been teaching on my uh, Wisdom Prosper Wednesdays for mm-hmm. the past couple of weeks, actually, most recently, is about creating... First of all, starting with financial tracking. Mm-hmm. So actually pay attention to what you're spending, whether you have to write it on physical paper mm-hmm. or if you're digital and you need to open up an Excel spreadsheet yep. or just put it in a Word document and keep yep. track every time you spend money. And after a week, look at what you spent all your money on yep. throughout the week. After or sometimes month. take cash out. So when that people too. people on my team, like, I'll ask them do they want cash. I'm like, nah, I want, I want a cash app. Cool. Mm-hmm. Or if they give a cash tip, they're like, nah, I want to cash up. Sometimes it's best to have cash. They're like, oh, it's going to go faster. Yeah. So if, well, you, if anybody says that it's going to go faster when you get cash. That means you already not. That means, that, that means you money. just be swiping your card. Exactly. You know, I'd rather have cash and say, I'll just use this my, my cash for the next three days. Mm-hmm. Or this is what I'm going to utilize for gas and this and this and this. So that's, that's, that's very, very helpful. If I go to a casino, let's say I want to gamble, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to take out a certain amount. If I come up, I come up. Mm-hmm. But there's no going back to the ATM. So yes. there's set budgets on certain things, you know. Yeah, um, that's that discipline and <laughs> yeah. that, that's lacking in this generation mm-hmm. because they don't know the discipline of yeah. it. So that's why they would have to actually sit back because they probably couldn't even, if you ask them right now, where did you spend your money for the last three days? Mm-hmm. They might not even be able to remember yep. everywhere they spent money for the last mm-hmm. three days. So that's why it would be important to start with tracking it and then making yourself a budget, yep. a realistic budget. A realistic budget. Like you said, you could pull out. So whatever your entertainment and free spend money, you could pull that out the mm-hmm. ATM. That way, you know, once the cash is gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Don't go swiping for it. All your bills can come off your card. Mm-hmm. And then that way it's simpler. That's the way I started doing it at first. And now I have I have a um, secured card that I use for what I would have used mm-hmm. for cash just to build my credit back mm-hmm. up and all that stuff. Because I I had completely cleaned up my credit in one year. I went from 540 credit score to a 720 by the end of the year. That's awesome. Going hard. I was working like 52 to 60 hours a week. I was doing DoorDash, Uber mm-hmm. and Lyft. Mm-hmm. And I was sleeping like four hours a day yeah. at most. Yeah. at most. See, that's so, good for like a year. You can't do that for like yeah, three or four years. It's going that's catch why up I'm not you. doing it again this time. I'm mm-hmm. going to take my time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take my time. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly what to do to be able to fix all of that stuff. And I also know exactly what to do when you mess it up. Mm-hmm. Because right after I built my credit up and I had these cards and stuff I could use, I was spending wisely at first. And then I was like, but I'm like 30 years old and I've never been to a concert. Yeah. I've never done this. Mm-hmm. I've never, I was like, I'm just going to go do it. Yeah. Like, I took my mom to a concert. Yeah, you should. I went to a couple of different things. And so I'm going to pay that stuff back now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm with you. Yeah. Because you, like, this is the thing, you can't take it with you. No. You so can't. I do tell people, like, you have to enjoy your money. 
Yeah. But at the same time, just blowing it and not having it is is beyond me. Yeah, and then once you have children, or for those people who don't have children and plan to have children, it's nice to be prepared for them. Hundred percent ahead of time, especially mm-hmm. for the people who don't have kids yet. Like mm-hmm. you can prepare for them now. Yeah, and that way you don't have to worry about it. So even if you do have an oops moment down the road, you're mm-hmm. prepared. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because a lot of times people try to plan out pregnancies and it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Or even the people who plan to not have pregnancies and then it ends up happening. Mm -hmm. Because I've known people who've been on shots and pills and still ended up getting pregnant, put on condoms, dang broke, still ended up (laughs) pregnant. Like Mm -hmm. There was a boy that I had met, uh, we worked together, and he was telling me about how he had waited until he was like 19 to even start having sex and ended up having sex with somebody and the condom broke. So you have a baby and you just started doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> or even more famous, Patrick Beck Davis, who is a, a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to him, too. His yeah. very first time when he was like 15, 16, he got pregnant. He said he did not have sex no more. He joined the military when he turned 18 because of the baby and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like, he <laughs> he didn't have sex again until he joined the military and all that. Like, Dang. because your very, very first time you ended up with a baby, like, yep. I would have stopped, too. Yeah, that's traumatizing though. It is traumatizing. Mm-hmm. It's like that's exactly I can only what imagine, they warned man. me about. Yep. Oh, I can only imagine. But this was a very great conversation. Yeah, most definitely. And I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you spending the time. Yeah. And I look forward to all of the information that we can share. Any interviews we end up doing in the future, yeah. working together. I got a birthday coming up, so I might, <laughs> I might hit you up for that. Yeah, so, you let me know. I got you. Yes, You're in good hands. <laughs> Thank you. Yep.